Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The COB is presented by Rabobank, awarded 2023 SMSF Savings Bank of the Year by Mozo. Hello, this is the COB, all the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. I'm Juliette Sarley and you are? Yeah, I'm Andrew Gagan. Great to be here. It's always an unusual position to to be at the end of the day, it's yes, normally at the beginning. But, uh, We're used to you in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. But here I am. And look, not a great day to be here, quite frankly, because we're going to be talking all about the negativity on mm. the market. And that all comes, of course, after that Fed decision, which was, as expected, it was all about the dot plots, what's coming. Yeah, And indeed. essentially now markets, I guess, getting into their heads that it is higher for longer for interest rates. Higher for longer. So that did see stock slump. We're down by 1.2% on the SIBO 200 as we head into the final minutes as we see that match off. I mean, there's really not many places for investors to hide today. You've got all the banks off by about 2% when I'm looking at the majors. Uh, CSL is is heavily down as well. The miners too. You've got Rio down. Uh, no, that's IGM. So excuse me, down by 4.4%. But BHP is off by around 1%. So a lot of weakness when you're looking in at these uh, small players. And then, of course, we saw that jump up coming through in bond yields as well. Um, And that really weighed in on some of the tech players in the US and some of those smaller tech players we have here. So let's just have a look again at what we're looking at in terms of those major themes. It is the Fed, it is the stock slump, and also, of course, it's the Bank of England. Yeah, that's ahead uh, tonight, of course. We've also got the Bank of Japan Mm, tomorrow tomorrow. as well. Yeah. Uh, but Bank of England, in fact, there's a bit of a confusing picture because um, they had that latest inflation read, which came in less than expected. Mm. So the markets were actually certain that they were going to have a 25 basis point rate hike. Maybe not so much so anymore. No, and Elliot Clark from Westpac, I mean, he was really kind of putting it out there that he thinks a lot of the central bank action is done now, which is, you know, interesting, an interesting take even for our own RBA. Of course, the key focus for them is going to be that inflation print in October. But, um, you know, who is going to be right here on the right side of the central bank action if we are going to see higher rates for longer, but perhaps we're at the peak there of the cycle? So let's take a look at how it all unfolded on the, the local bourse, um, just going through some of the sectors hmm. at the moment. and uh, The miners look, we were talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. In fact, uh, those 11 sectors are all down. Uh, taking a look, uh, 
Energy stocks, in fact, the worst hit, but taking a look at miners there, yeah, mostly lower. Your South 32 was the one bright spot. Mm, South 32 rising there by about 1.3%. Uh, can't see any news on that specific stock, but um, the only other one that I saw have a, a pretty good move in the mining space was predictive disk up by about 4.7%. But as we mentioned, the majors are lower. Energy, of course, we can't get away from the crude oil picture and uh, Woodside leading the pack lower there down 2.5%. Yeah, as I mentioned, was the worst hit sector led by Woodside, which has come off significantly along with uh, Santos and some of the uh, energy retailers uh, at the same time. Elsewhere in the financial sector, the other big sector there, let's see how that all panned out. And uh, that was largely negative as well. In fact, all the majors uh, down, let's just see if we can flick the page there, uh, down around 1% uh, yeah, for the, the majors. The banks are all down by about one to 2%, uh, there we go. Uh, Westpac was the laggard there off by about 2%. And then of course I mentioned the fact that we are seeing weakness too. In the tech space, I mean, those higher bond yields, what do we have the two year breach, something like 5% again on the Wall Street session. So that always weighs into those tech players. If we flip the board and have a look at what we're seeing on the ASX All Tech Index, Wise Tech Global down by six tenths of 1% and Block there, of course, uh, the Square uh, affiliate, 4.5% a drop there, so quite a big hefty drop there. Yeah, it's interesting actually, Juliet, because I said look, the banks were down about 1%. I just realised that my heat map hadn't updated from a couple of hours, and that oh. just is evidence as to how far the market's fallen yeah, since, since that point. Uh, with all, As you see, Westpac off about 2% there, mm. and also tech. Uh, suffering today as well, although there are a couple of bright spots there. Yeah, and let's have a look at some of the stories we're following as well, because Qantas never far from a headline. And we had that uh, reaction to, of course, the news that um, we had Alan Joyce's salary revealed, but the ACCC saying, look, they want to investigate that because about 14.4 of that 21 or so million dollars will be withheld while they do a little bit of an investigation into um, when Alan Joyce or when the board actually was selling some of those shares as well. So that's going to be an interesting one to, to watch. Yeah, it's interesting because the last meeting, 90% uh, of shareholders actually approved that remuneration package that he received. Um, mm. Interesting to see how they're looking at it now, yeah. given uh, what has transpired since then. Of course, also we've got some significant heat on the board and in particular the chairman, Richard Goida. Yeah. Elsewhere, the competition regulator opposing Transurban's uh, Eastlink acquisition proposal. The um, competition regulator, they're saying the acquisition or proposal there, uh, a majority interest in Horizon Roads would substantially lessen competition for future toll road concessions in Victoria. Horizon is the only other private toll operator in Australia, in fact. Yeah, and the ACCC saying, look, if Transurban acquired it, the company would then operate every single private sector controlled toll road in Australia. So no surprise that on the back of that, Transurban was down by 3.2% and is the stock of the day. And the stock of the day, as we mentioned, Transurban. Shorter term, I think that you know this this business. It's trading at the bottom of its recent trading range. I could see a couple of indicators on the chart that suggest after today or the next couple of days, it'll it'll bounce back up a bit. So um, I'd say if you're holding it, it's a hold here, but you'd be able to get back out at at better levels. And I'd be right. looking to redeploy those funds into something a bit more cyclical. Okay, so if bond yields track lower next year, Transurban will improve. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I think as it is near that support area for people that want that safety yield play, and it is a pretty average yield, but then again, you know, there's a lot of the higher yield plays, say for example, in the resources space, come with some more inherent risk. Right. But there's another wild card here, which I don't think is getting enough airtime at the moment, is the, is the population of Australia is set to go berserk. Yeah. Um, you know, people are saying now, forecasts are saying we're going to be 40% higher in 2050. That's a huge yeah. amount. Well, of course, you are watching the COB and with these bank decisions coming hard and fast, currencies in the spotlight. Let's talk about those movements with James Swirling from Ebury. Afternoon. James, uh, great to catch up with you. Okay, so, of course, the first focus we're going to take a look at is that movement in the US dollar following what we heard uh, from the Fed, as we said, as expected, leaving rates on hold, but all about what's to come. So what was the market reaction as far as the US dollar is concerned? Um, apart from the initial knee-jerk, very little. Um, Oz US is still sitting around the same levels that we were yesterday. Um, and in terms of the interest rate markets, um, those forward points uh, remain exactly the same as well. So the Fed, extremely strong in communication and, and have delivered what the market was expecting. So, yeah, it's kind of as you were, really. In currencies, and we're focusing in on what happens next. You've got the BOE, you've got the BOJ, and is the ECB done? Quite a bit of movement in the euro. What are you seeing there, James? Yeah, I think all of this movement in the euro is just as a result of some of the um, some of the economic data that we've seen, and, and the, there's clearly some weakness in there. Um, so it does suggest, even though the the European Central Bank put that hike in um, the other week, um, that we that the market expects that they're done with what they're doing. Um, I think one of the other things, just a bit of an offshoot with inflation in the UK coming down, there's kind of a bit of overspill there, but the, the expectation is that that'll continue sort of just over the water in, in Europe as well. So yeah, it's quite interesting that the euro has started to weaken, uh, both euro and Japanese yen significantly weaker against the US dollar, which is helping pump that up. Um, but, uh, but ultimately no real change in sentiment over there as well that, that they are expecting now the ECB um, has, has done its work. So what about, what about the Bank of England then? Um, what, what's the likely move we're going to see from, from the pound, do you think? Uh, given, as you say, inflation coming in lower than expected, so clearly those, uh, the work that the, the BOE has done is certainly having the desired effect, but is there more to do? And, and how is that going to be reflected in, in the currency move, do you think? I think it, it, they've done a bit um, in terms of just the interest rate hikes that we have seen. Uh, one of the things as well over there, though, is that the mortgage holders went and fixed rates in quite a few months ago on the, on the basis that interest rates were going to be going significantly higher. Um, so it's not really affecting things as directly as what we have over here. You know, now that we're sort of into this fixed rate cliff period here, I think as well, if you compare again to Australia, inflation might be a little bit lower than expected, but still incredibly high. I mean, if we were seeing those numbers over here, you'd, you'd be guaranteed the RBA would be putting more rate hikes in at every meeting for the rest of this year. So at the moment, the vote, the, the expectation is that they're going to vote eight to one in favour of that rate hike. So it would be a dramatic surprise if they don't go ahead and do that. 
So I think that you, you wouldn't see necessarily so much movement on the actual rate decision itself, but it's more around the forecasts that they're going to produce and not necessarily around growth. They've shown their willingness to raise rates over in the UK, even in the face of falling growth. What the whole thing is about is inflation forecasts, and particularly as, uh, as inflation in some of the really poor areas such as food, energy, et cetera, is still incredibly high. So, mm. yeah, that's definitely an interesting one, although uh, the, the pound has weakened somewhat, um, since, particularly against uh, the, the Aussie dollar, um, ever since we sort of hit those multi-year uh, lows the other, the other week. James, where we're seeing uh, not the movement of rate hikes, but more, in fact, of, of policy easing, of course, is the Bank of Japan. But we had the former currency diplomat uh, telling Reuters that Japan should ditch or modify its ultra-easy policy settings. If we saw any kind of move like that, do you think we do see some intervention to support the yen? Yeah, I don't think that they're particularly bothered about the yen being so weak. You know, they're running a trade surplus. It's incredibly good for, for their exporters. You know, and some of the industries that they're in, such as machinery, there's incredible competition against Europe and, and against China now in the US. And, um, you know, you just need to ask any machinery importer in this country um, who's importing from Japan. You know, they've got a, a great competitive advantage themselves through buying in yen. So it's great for their exporters. Um, I, I think that they probably don't mind the level that they're at at the moment. Inflation's not too terrible over there. Demographically, population's still coming down. You know, in reality, they can keep monetary policy ultra easy. So, um, you know, that, that's why you are seeing continued expectations um, that they'll keep rates low, and, and that's why uh, the yen has weakened as much as it has. James. Um more uh, closer to home, obviously in terms of the Aussie dollar, what are your expectations there? What are those factors that are likely to influence its movement most immediately? I think that in terms of immediate movement, we've, we've passed quite a lot of uh, what we were expecting to see, you know, with, with a lot of the overseas numbers, the, the Chinese um, rate setting that we had the other day. Um, I think already, I, I know it sounds cliche, but we are looking towards the next um, RBA meeting and it, it's still a couple of weeks away um, for some real guidance. You know, as we know, change of changing of the guard um, and, and that's going to be an incredibly important statement, that first one. Uh, same as how Lowe's was when he took over, albeit his statement was to say, steady as we go, we're not going to do anything to change things. Maybe it might be a little bit different this time. So I think we are already looking forward to that point. I know it's a couple of weeks away, but um, the, the, the information that we're going to get is fairly thin on the ground until then. With market volatility incredibly low, there's really a lack of major risk event going on at the moment in the world. Um, so for the time being, we, we just look towards that next event because uh, ultimately there doesn't appear to be anything that's stoking volatility that's right in our face at the moment with, with vols sort of sitting right back towards those sort of almost pre-pandemic lows at the moment. All right, steady as she goes, always a good one, James. Thanks so much, James Swirling from Ibury. Thank you. All right, so let's uh, wrap up where we have uh, finished. Obviously, we were talking about how uh, negative today has been that negative sentiment coming off the back of what we heard from the Fed. And of course, Juliet of Cook with those other uh, central bank meetings ahead too. Yeah, uh, indeed. You know, we realise that um, the inflation fight is not won. I think that's that's pretty clear. And that's the message that uh, Jerome Powell wanted to give to the markets. And I think the markets are actually hitting that now, that uh, those rates will be higher for longer.
but there's always some winners. So let's have a look at that. Yeah, let's get into the leaders of the day. Link administration there up by some 3.8%. Uh, so that is certainly one of the, the front runners there. Um, it's been really interesting to watch some of these uh, stocks that I guess outperformed one what we were saying was a down day. I mean, you can see Paladin there up by 2%. This is a company that, I mean, so many people come on and say this is, should be one of your key buys in terms of what you're seeing in the uh, lithium sector, in the uranium sector as well. Uh, and in terms of some of the, the big moves with uh, Paladin, you can see that it has risen by some 2% and, and Megaport, another front runner there. Well, in fact, Paladin not alone because all of those uranium stocks are actually doing very well at the mm. moment. And a lot of this is based on what we're seeing from policy, policy decisions globally in terms of um, of those uh, nuclear reactors, many coming back on stream or perhaps planning for uh, those micro reactors. I'm trying uh, to see, seen particularly in Europe at the moment. Yeah, trying to see as well as there's any news behind that spike that we saw in Data Three as well. I can't see any, but interestingly, it's one of uh, Chris Prunty's stop top five stocks for growth. So this is an interesting uh, area where we've got uh, some fund managers, I guess, getting a little bit of a front seat in terms of what we're seeing uh, towards growth companies. But um, let's have a look as well. Well, in fact, just before we, uh, Helios was on that list too. I Mm. should note that was in uh, the call today. So make sure you check that out to see what the recommendation was on Helios, given it's moved in the right direction today. In terms of the laggards, uh, well, it's in the mining space, isn't it? Well, and a bit of tech there as well, as we can see. Uh, with uh, Sayona, it's uh, come off quite significantly. We're seeing a lot of pain there. In fact, uh, more broadly to uh, Sire Resources also suffering. And that's uh, uh, as it has been kicked out of the ASX uh, 200. Mm. And that, uh, you know, we were talking about that last week, weren't we? Mm. 201 and then one, six out, five in. So back to the ASX 200 block. I mean, that's just that story we were talking about earlier with those bond yields. It certainly weighed in on the tech players in the US. So block uh, down by four and a half percent and Alchem also a bit of a, a weak spot there. IGO in the mining space I mentioned earlier was one of the, the bigger laggards. So down by some 4.4 percent. Well, in fact, yeah, we're seeing those, uh, those battery metal stocks. In fact, they're all under significant pressure today. All right, well, let's have a quick look at the small cap leaders and laggards as well. Coco there up by 10%, uh, 29 metals limited up by 8%. And when it comes to the laggards in that space, uh, we saw a little bit of weakness coming through from Invictus Energy down 14%. Look at Cyprium Metal, so. Yeah, and Brainship, another one that's been kicked out of the ASX 200. So it continues to suffer as it struggles with uh, high costs and lower revenue. In fact, uh, I got across that with Claude Walker yeah. uh, a little earlier out of the small cap. So check that out too. Claude it's has been saying it's one of those bubble stocks. He's never yeah. understood why so many investors have been attracted to it. Okay. Well, we talked about what's happening overnight and it is the Bank of England. Uh, you've also got US existing home sales for August, the Philadelphia Fed Activity Index for September. Always an interesting read to see how those specific uh, individual Fed movements are happening and Philadelphia always a, a really strong one in terms of whether or not we are seeing a pickup in that activity space. And then, of course, closer to home, you've got the Bank of Japan tomorrow. Yeah, that's happening tomorrow. So the headline uh, international at least with flash PMIs as well, the uh, Kiwi trade balance. In fact, uh, we got that uh, read on growth in New Zealand, uh, which came in higher than expected. That surprised many. 
Uh, and uh, Shane Oliver will join us from AMP. Also, uh, Bill Kyle Ryder, a name familiar to us at Ausbiz, of course. And Mark Todd from the Bank of China uh, talking bonds, where those yields are going at the moment. Obviously, continue to rise, uh, given that outlook from the central banks. Yeah, and let's just take a final quick look at the market this Thursday as we see a loss of 1.2%. We mentioned uh, the weakness in terms of some of those big stock players on the overall market, but it is a day where we are seeing downward movement on the SIBO 200 and also the ASX 200. But that does it for the COB. Of course, we're going to be back tomorrow, but you're not, are you? you you've no, got I'm away wait for a week or so. But look, you know, tomorrow's another day. Uh, we could always watch those stocks go in the opposite direction. In fact, I remember we were catching up with Ira Epstein from Linux Associates this morning. He's saying, don't look at what happened on the US market uh, in that session just gone. Look at the next session. So mm. you can just see how the market reacts Indeed. to the Thursday session out of the States. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. See ya.